Hi there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. I'm your host Pradi once again and this is episode number 4 of season 3 of the FFS series. Now I have to mention all of that because we've got several series doing several different things. So this is the official original OG series where we kind of look at breaking news topics or like kind of like a I wouldn't say hard hitting stories but we won't talk we won't review games and all we've got a separate series for that this is kind of just around the world football topics that we discuss with fans from around the world uh so if you're listening to this on the audio podcast then thank you for joining us and i do recommend you go check out our patreon page or our membership page that's where you can get access to the video version of this because that's only for members so go do go check that out we've got different tiers different memberships uh different benefits for each one like we've got uh bonus content stuff that we shot pre recording we put all that compile it we put that out there we've got yeah i don't know what else we've got yeah video podcast we've got uh, early access all of that stuff so you can go check it out it's all there in the description below all right so let's start with introductions and before that i think yeah okay let's start with introductions and then i'll talk about the topic that we're going to be discussing so we'll start in alphabetical order and we've got anirudh first uh, anirudh been on the podcast before so if you've been listening to this podcast for the past couple of years you'd have definitely heard of him so anirudh welcome back to the podcast how are you doing and why don't you tell us a bit about yourself uh thanks paddy it's been uh, it's been a while since i did a podcast with ffs and uh, well, the euros well, but those were watch alongs more than still two months uh, <laughs> for me it's been a while but uh, it's been great it's been great seeing liverpool back honestly speaking for me even a two month break from liverpool football is a little bit uh, a little bit angsty i'd say that's the word i'd use uh, but it's great seeing them back and i'm so gra- glad to be back at ffs uh, that's what i'd put it at i'm so intrigued to see what uh, other fans have to say about mosala's contract period or our topic of discussion as i would like say all right <laughs> <Yes. laughs> but yeah <laughs> yeah Yeah uh all right anyway we'll definitely love to hear your thoughts on that and next we move on to Zubin Zubin's not been on the podcast before he is a FFS newbie and I'm glad to have him on here still so Zubin welcome back and uh, sorry not welcome back but welcome to the podcast and why don't you tell us a bit about yourself thank you so much Paddy and hi Anirudh well as you mentioned this is the first time that I've been on the FFS podcast and a little bit about myself so I've been following Liverpool for probably decade and a half or so by now and I've been uh, you know a fan from overseas who's been enjoying and watching football fell in love with Gerard and Gerard got me in love with with Liverpool and uh, I've always had a flair for writing and then over over a period of time I kind of you know tried to grow this passion and it's been slow and steady been writing for a few you know US and UK based websites and slow and steady just like you Pradi I'm trying to kind of make my passion my thing Yeah definitely uh it it's a it's definitely a challenging journey but a very fruitful one if once it gets right one satis- satisfying is 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 the right word yeah. because when i look yeah. at it and i think about the whole thing it it's something i really love right and it, yeah. it it gives me something to look forward to every week different games you know following the team following people's lives and trying to understand you know the psyche about football fans and things around the entire sport which is something i really enjoy and you know uh-huh. it it 
it's something that i would love to do full time awesome great and yes anil has already spoiled the party here <laughs> your introduction <right>? yeah <laughs> yeah by saying that okay but before that first off i want to thank each and every one of you who have who kind of reached out to me either on instagram or on twitter dm me because i had put out a question out there on uh, social media asking what topic we should be discussing for this week uh, sometimes you know you just kind of either get lost in the variety of topics or you just one week there is no topic to discuss like no big topic obviously there are matches but there is no big topic to discuss and here's where you all come in handy where whether it be you know giving ideas or giving suggestions and basically this entire podcast was anirudh's suggestion or came out of anirudh's ideas uh to talk about mosala's contract we've got some really really other interesting ideas which we will definitely try and cover over the next few weeks you know uh i think most of them were to do with women's football which yeah which is an exciting area to be in uh but we because we did probably the last two weeks we covered women's football kind of just wanted to do a small shift before we kind of go back there and again talk about women's football again but like i mentioned we will get to talking about your topics as well in due course but enough about that we are here to talk about this one little egyptian the someone who jurgen klopp has recently deemed currently the best player in the world of football uh, after yesterday's performance against watford and that is none other than mo sala and for any liverpool fan out there you know why we're going to be discussing about this because of all the talk that's been going around social media and the newspapers and all of that about how liverpool have yet to sort out his contract or are yet to negotiate his contract given that over the past two months we've seen people like i think van dijk or alexander arnold robbo uh alisson all of them have had their contracts extended so we're going to see we're going to discuss as to why this is probably taken you know time uh why this is probably important why this is necessary why this isn't necessary so we're going to be talking about all of that so all right guys let's talk about the first thing and before we get into contract negotiations let's rewind the clock back to 2017 summer Zubin I'm going to ask you when you saw or when you heard that Mohamed Salah was joining Liverpool what were your initial reactions to be very honest with you I did not know that he had the potential or the ceiling that he's managed to reach uh, I uh, did I expected him to if you remember it was Sadio Mane who used to play on the right initially when he joined in and i i always believed that you know for 35 40 million we were getting somebody who had a little bit of premier league experience who's kind of played uh, you know and understands the league a little bit but i always thought that he would come in as an option mm-hmm. uh, i did not expect him to come and hit the ground running and he's been running for the last 5 years and he's still running isn't he so <laughs> so you know from those perspectives you know when i think about it i thought mohammed salah was joining liverpool as a brilliant option i was unaware and did not expect him to reach the heights that he did i'm so glad that he's managed <laughs> to do that and I think I'm going to agree with Klopp. If you have to talk about it on current form, I don't think there's any player who reaches or even even is in the realm of what Salah is managing to do. And uh, let alone say it, he's doing it in the Premier League. You know, we've seen. We I'm not going to say that he's he uh, in the Messi and the Ronaldo bracket. I think those two players are are a stretch above. They've been doing it at the highest level for like a decade and a half now. So you can't really say that. But on current form, 
Mo Salah fits into any and every football team that's out there. And if you had him on your roster, I don't think he'd be on the bench. So yes, Mohamed Salah is the best player in the world right now. And if I, you ask me to answer your question, whether I expected him to reach the heights that he did, my answer honestly would be no. And I'm saying glad, I, glad he did. Yeah, definitely better to exceed expectations than to be below the hype or Ronaldo. Not <laughs> 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 yeah. But yeah. Oh, but yeah. No, definitely. I think I mean with Ronaldo. Actually, he's had the past fifteen years to gloat about it. Yeah. It's a different that's, sort of. That's a different. Yeah, yeah that's a different yeah. discussion. Instead. But no, but, but yeah. I get, I get it. I get the. I get why you said that. Uh, and Anirudh, let me ask you the same thing. So, initial reactions when Salah had signed for Liverpool. What did you make of it? I see. Very honestly, when he initially signed for Liverpool. I was like, okay, this guy's going to come in on as a winger and he's going to supply us with shit tons of balls and like shit, shit tons of chances created as such. But the guy's taken me apart, very honestly. Uh, he scored more goals than he has assisted. And very honestly, currently, right now, as of uh, 17th of October 2021, there is no one who has that kind of control over a ball as Mo Salah does. Like he's done it, he's done it back to back. At 30, like give him his contract for God's sake. Like, like stop pissing me off. I'm a, I've been a fan for like a decade and a half now. Stop pissing me off. Just give him his contract and move on. <laughs> like very mm-hmm. honestly. But just just touching upon, just touching upon the fact that you mentioned that there is no one better right now who has control on the football. If you actually minutely look at the goal he scored yesterday as well as the goal he scored against yeah. Manchester City, the similarities between the two goals, exactly. the way the, the, both of them had dummies, both of them had a small little moment where he pulled the ball back and threw the, uh, threw the defender off guard and then he cut back. One scored with the weaker foot, one scored with the better foot. I mean, yeah. those two goals can sum up what Mohamed Salah is doing currently for Liverpool. In, in no yeah. other way. Yeah, talking about yesterday's game and the Watford thing, the moment I saw him with the three Watford defenders there and him alone, it kind of reminded me back, we were talking about 2017-2018. So his record season where he just took put three people on there, yeah, yeah, four, yeah, four at that time or whatever, those many, he just crowded and put everyone on their backsides and then scored that hat-trick goal or I think it was the hat-trick goal or was it? I think that was... The third or second goal, I'm not sure. I've, it's been so long and so many goals since then. It's not like... Since then, I, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it, the same. I think even when I first heard that Salah had come in, I was like, I didn't expect much. People were like, oh, what do you expect from Salah? And I said, I for me, obviously, I remembered his time as Chelsea, which was very minimal. And then, yeah, you heard a few stories of him from Italy. You probably saw a few of the the Champions League matches where he kind of performed here and there. And then you kind of, and then you realize, I mean, then you obviously thought about what we, we wanted him when he was at Basel as well, uh, before he started moving around. And then I was like, okay, maybe, like you mentioned, Zubin, I thought maybe he's a good option for Sadio Mane. I was probably at that, at that point a little more excited that we'd probably get Julian Brandt instead because the noise was much more around Julian than it was around Salah. But since then, that 2017-18 season, I mean, the stuff he was doing 
it just felt like he could do no wrong right from the moment and it started against watford right it's it's perfect cycle because it started against watford we are here talking after what the watford game it's True. it's madness um i i just love how it's coincide actually while i was talking about it, it it just hit me it's not something that i planned that i'd organize this podcast just after the watford game because it'd be a perfect circle as i was talking about this it just so happened that it just went that way but let's talk about this contract situation because there are two ways of looking at it from a fan's perspective we always want what's best for the club no matter how, we don't we some fans are obviously more aware of the financial situation with clubs and all of that some of us just want the best players in the world after seeing the likes of newcastle and manchester city being owned by countries and being able to rake in as much money as possible right so anirudh i know you've already said this twice in the space of probably 10 15 minutes uh, but but let's talk about this contract situation and what is your take on it in the sense that let's let's look at it objectively i know we i know you've already said you want him you want fsg to pay whatever salah's asking but okay why is it why is it uh, why is this taking time and yeah what's your take on this entire situation all right uh going back to maybe a 2017 18 season of fsg and baseball there are similar similar situation and it's obviously all all over say google per se because that's my that's my search option right at the end of the day but the thing is with mo it's the fact that he's given so much for the last 4 years and even now even today this season he's not taking it for granted he's not saying like okay i'm i'm your right winger so i'm going to play a winger position and just score goals and give assists no it's not about that it's about the fact that when uh, when trend is pushing forward sala is ready to go back to a right back position and cover for trent you guys like like people from uh, a united or a chelsea or a city don't understand this whole covering covering up situation that mo is catering to maybe even fsg doesn't understand it because for them is the business perspective but mo right now is for me the best all round player you could have in any team it doesn't matter if you're real madrid psg with has messi or you go to any fucking team sorry for my cursing no, that's fine, that's but, fine. <laughs> yeah but all along all along very very honestly this guy is sublime at this very moment and i don't think his form is going to drop in the next 3 years because he's going to be training with these boys who are again at at like this kind of sort of level you're training with van dyke who is the defender you have to cross who like how do you get better than that that is my question like how do you get better than crossing van dyke like you cannot get better and if you if you have to get better than van dyke you deserve a fucking contract okay so anil has obviously mentioned and towards the end <laughs> uh, about you know how the importance and you know surpassing van dyke now is Zubin is Salah currently Liverpool's most important player. I'm not going to say the best player or whatever. Is he the most important? We've for a couple of years before we've said Van Dijk is definitely the most important mm-hmm. his defensive abilities and all of that. But you know, seeing what's happened last year where Van Dijk wasn't there, 
and right. our front three was struggling do you think he is the most important player and what did you what do you make of the contract situation as well yeah so so when you ask me that pradeeman is sala the most important player for liverpool right now i think hands down yes uh, our main inlet when it comes to goals is sala as anirudh mentioned a little while back the the most important thing that differentiates sala from probably any other you know winger is the amount of defensive work rate he puts in you know goals yes did any of us believe that he would score the number of goals that he is i i doubt it so you know and and when you look at it as the most important player right now uh, van dijk is a close second as as we were speaking earlier as well the idea of of having sala there from both an attacking outlet as well as a defensive inlet if required makes him hands down the first name on probably any football uh, you know starting 11 out there in, in not only the premier league but in the world itself and now when we talk about his contract situation so i've done a couple of pieces regarding his contract for a few publications and as you mentioned previously parry as well it there are two sides to the coin right as fans it's not our money so we believe ki yaar de do paise ंग Now, if I look at angle one, and I'm going to probably take a little while to explain, you know, all the three or four different perspectives. So, you know, perspective number one, Mohammed Salah. He's 29, 30. This is probably going to be his last major contract. There are not a lot of players like a Messi and a Ronaldo who get their best contract at 35 and 34 and 36 and 37. So, this could, you know, on average, if you look at it, be Mohammed Salah's last best contract. after which you know even his earning avenues are going to probably change so he and his agent definitely want to have the best contract out there so they're going to take as long because the way sala has played the ball is in his court the ball is at his feet however you want to say it you know it, it's down to him being the best so he deserves to get what he wants now that is from what sala would believe when you look at it from fsg's perspective they're here to run a business they're not here to please a few fans let's be very honest they've pumped in 300 400 or million over different different avenues they've expanded the stadium they've ensured that you know we we've, we've signed a few players which are you know multi million dollar players as well but when you look at it what makes this contract so tricky why was it so easy to get van dijk to extend why was it so easy to get arnold to extend they're probably the best in their positions as well what makes it tricky in my opinion over here is that they have to break their wage structure they have to change their business model mohammed salah gets 500000 a week or as right now what whatever i've heard and i've spoken to other journalists as well the numbers around 385000 a week they're going to be breaking their wage structure changing their business model and opening them themselves up to every player they sign in the future yeah. who would expect 380000 at least now i agree they have very strategically tied down the entire spine of liverpool before they have given out the contract to the best player because if they would have done salah first and van dijk yeah. says you know what if i'm not getting 400 i'm not signing then you have nothing to do you know so so that is why this has been a very tricky contract situation i think uh, i was speaking to uh, to uh, feral uh, someone from the empire of the cop 
and okay. when i was i was speaking to him and i think this entire negotiation has been running for 4 months now mm-hmm. and this is eventually going to be the most expensive record contract a liverpool player has ever signed you know so from those perspectives it becomes a little tricky as well and then the third and final perspective is is us fans right we've been we're desperate to see him tied down we will probably do whatever from making a go fund me page to probably <laughs> holding banners saying bhai sign karwa lo usse you know so from those perspectives it is something which is very tricky from fsg's perspective and they're going to take their time but eventually he is going to sign it and looking at the way uh, you know they've announced all the contract signings before this it's going to be done in the summer in the winter window when i believe that we're not going to be making any additions to the to the team so that is what i believe is fsg strategy and if you ask me the question of we, should we look at someone to kind of you know who can we replace with him with and if you know he decides not to sign or fsg or psg come in or if real madrid mm-hmm. come in the answer is he's not leaving he has yeah. openly mentioned that he loves the city he's openly mentioned that he's created a beautiful relationship you know his family has created a beautiful relationship with the locals and all of that also kind of adds up to you know making him take that decision so for yes. me it's not a a decision or, or a matter of whether he will sign or not but it is just a uh, you know a matter of when he will sign it all right okay so shall we call it a day we've got your opinions on this <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> just kidding uh yeah anirudh go on so see the thing is i like zubin i completely like i'm an, my understanding is that you're an analyst with a sp- football firm and because you've got into like details that as a football lover and someone who loves football i wouldn't have gotten into right so my my understanding see i'm as a fan as a fan and i watch i watch all the games for the premier league Uh, from friday to sun- monday morning i am just watching premier league games right so as someone uh, i understand what you're saying fsg has to be ready to take that risk they've not taken that risk as a business entity in half a decade they've mm-hmm. not taken that risk now as a business entity and someone who thinks on that tangent i would put it on mosala you have people who are ready to pay 100 million for uh, ronaldo and for a million but you're going to have the same thing for mo when he's 34 because he's not going to dro- i don't think he's going to drop in the next 2 years i don't think he's going to stop scoring goals or giving assists in the next 2 years i very honestly don't think he's going to do any of that the point is that who are you going like who is coming in for mo like if you're thinking from liverpool from fsg yeah. who is coming in to sub mo and do the shit that he's doing right now Alex i don't, I, 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 i don't have anyone i don't have anyone <laughs> in my list i could say daka could take take firmino's place i could say minamino can take firmino's place i could say ox can take firmino's place but i have no one that can do what mo can do with the ball at this point of time okay fair enough now i've I've heard what you both had to say and I would agree I think there are obviously various aspects to look at it from from a fan's perspective I would have I would love it from a business perspective I can 
I can understand why FSG are delaying it as much and giving themselves enough time. And I guess that's the other thing I want to say. We've got time. He's not out of contract this summer. So it's not a race against time. We've got, I think, a couple of years more, right? Till 24. And 23? I thought 23, 24. Next January, he can sign for a non-English club. Really? Okay. Okay, fine. Then it's my bad. So we've we've got some time. We've not got all the time in the world. Uh, But I can understand, I suppose, why FSG are sort of analyzing everything. That's what they do. I guess Anirudh and Zubin, you'd agree, like since they've come in, it's all about money ball tactics and trying to, you know, make sure that they aren't going to be spending the 500,000 or the 600,000 that United have spent on Alexis Sanchez or, or uh, Arsenal spent on Mesut Ozil. So it's... It, it, I can understand all of that. And also, I guess I need to ask... Okay, I, uh, let me ask you guys because I, I don't want to keep rambling around here. So, Zubit, I know he's currently the, you know, the best player in the world, but is he at that level where, you know, for example, Messi for a long time, Barcelona could get whatever he wanted because he was undoubtedly the best player in the world. Is there any fear that you know, sub, like you said, there's that risk of if he asks three fifty million or three fifty thousand per week, and we give it to him, are we risking, you know, f- future players coming in and asking for it, or are we risking a player holding a club to ransom? See, that risk is run. Like now, definitely going to be run. Let's look at United as an example of that, right? Uh, you have a thirty-seven-year-old legendary player who's walked in at five hundred and ten thousand a week. The moment that's happened, Pogba, who's been in contract talks for probably six months before Ronaldo has even thought of rejoining United, was wanting about 400k. What stops Mino Royale and him pushing for 500k now? Which is another reason that it's going to stumble, right? You look at, so you know, it is, at the end of the day, player power has kind of changed the way football has been running. And the amount of money, in my opinion, has become a sort of an enemy of our sport, right? Yeah. What is happening is decisions for players to join their clubs, you know, though, has has reduced from being, I want to play for this club because I love the fans, I love the city, to, hey, you know what? This club's giving me 100k more. Why don't I go and milk that and then I can come back and they'll forgive me because they love me. You know, our sport is going down that, that kind of a route and we've seen that time and again. So, does FSG open itself to being held up at ransom? Yes, it does. And I totally understand that from a business perspective. As a fan and as an overseas fan, again, it is something very different. You know, if you look mm-hmm. at Manchester City and you look at Leicester City, of whatever I have spoken to their fans and to their locals about, one thing which makes them, uh, you know, makes Leicester City very different is the amount of involvement the owners have, not only in the club, but also for the things that they do around the club. Mm-hmm. You know, they they kind of become aggregators to push the community up ahead, which is a, one of the very big things that, or big complaints that a lot of local Liverpool fans have with FSG. They've probably not done too much to fall in, to get the the, the fans to fall in love with them. Yeah. So, so even when we look at FSG as club owners, we look at them as football club owners. They are here, they've come, they've, they've spent a lot of money. Only that they haven't spent it on players. 
they've taken anfield and they spent 100 million on anfield they spent 50 odd million on a training facility now they're expanding anfield again so that again, could have been yeah. 200 million or that could have been kind of spent on players but what is fsg doing fsg is creating a brand and with the looks of it probably a brand to make it a little more lucrative sell probably in the future they and they're definitely going to be doubling or tripling their investment and then i think that is what they'll be looking at our fsg the owners to come and pump in money and be like hum 50 saal ke liye yahi rahenge i don't think so yeah you know so from those perspectives i don't think they're looking to create a legacy of being the owners who have taken liverpool and taken them up to the top they're looking at you know flipping an investment which was very lucrative and they're doing a good job at it and probably that is something that they're okay with at the end of the day they they are the ones paying the money they are the ones calling the shots so you know breaking i do not see them breaking this uh, you know or, or even if they want to break their entire business model and wage structure it's going to be after careful deliberation i can't see it happening and you know sala go 500000 de diya and then tomorrow as i mentioned after another 2 years or 3 years we have to start giving contract renewals to a trend and i just i just done a piece on uh, lfc transfer room about uh, real madrid wanting to kind of tempt arnold yeah you know? yeah yeah so, yeah i read that yeah, yeah. so so from those perspectives it could be the beginning of the end or it could be the beginning of a very glorious period and i think this sala contract is going to be a very very important uh, part of the entire lfc journey or the new lfc journey post you know in the club era so from those perspectives yeah. it's it's kind of tricky right and anirudh picking up on what you said a few minutes ago you know who is there to replace him who can we replace mo sala with in the current football world now you said there's no one there and even if there was say for example hypothetically say for example you were to bring in say uh, kylian mbappe or uh, erling haaland even if you don't replace him as a winger but replacing the player for getting the same number of goals or whatever now i'm not saying mbappe is going to score the same number of goals as mo salah he's not done that he's he's not the striker that you know people think he is or whatever he's he's a good player but in terms of finishing he's probably closer to raheem sterling than he is to sala but but i'm saying you have those two players right now those two players even if they were to come to liverpool are going to be you going to break the bank for them as well in terms of wages no way is a mino raiola uh, player going to come into liverpool and say i'm be okay at 120000 per week right same with kelian mbappe even if you even if you don't pay him the 180 million that you he is worth okay say that he's going for free that's going to add even more pressure on fsg saying you've got a signing bonus we have gave you that because you're coming on free add added to that he is going he's going to be worth what he's not going to take a I, i don't know how much he's worth at psg but he must be close to 300000 to also so he's not going to take a significant pay cut to join liverpool and i know you said you know liverpool has or fsg has not had to do this sort of negotiation for the half past half decade because we've never been in a situation like that we probably the closest we've been is suarez where he was at that level but at the same time you know suarez has had issue he's also openly come out and said that he wanted to join barcelona that liverpool at that point was a stepping stone we've never been at such a situation where liverpool has been one of the best clubs in the world where we've got players that have you know are world class or the best in the position in lot of places right right back left back center back goalkeeper also cdm all of that right so you've never been in that situation so it is definitely 
Uh, so the question that I have for you, Anil, and it seemed more like I was going to ask you a question than I started saying, answering it myself. But uh, the question that I have for you, Anil, is Mo Salah being ha- is, has reached this level, right? So how critical is it for FSG to get it right? Like, uh, and how much how much more tricky is it given the position Salah's achieved or reached at Liverpool? Had Salah achieved what we had only been expecting? which was, you know, a decent player, an option for Sadio Mane, like we said at the start of the... This would have been a no-brainer. It would have been like almost like a genie Wijnaldum situation where he said, okay, you're a good player, but, you know, you can be replaced. But he's reached that level where, you, I mean, Jurgen Klopp himself has called him the best player. And Jurgen Klopp doesn't make statements like that very often. You know, he says, yeah, he's a good player. You know, you don't talk about it. he's a very good player. And he praises his team but to, or praises his uh, players. But to call someone like... Currently, the best player in the world. That's a statement from Jurgen Klopp. And I haven't seen him make too many statements like that before. So, yeah, I just want to know your thoughts on that. See, when it comes to Klopp making that kind of statement, it means it means a lot, right? Like, at the end of the day, whether Klopp was managing Liverpool or he was managing any other club, the fact that he has achieved what he has with, with whichever clubs he's been with so far, the fact that whatever statement he makes is going to be a lot of significance. It's going to hold a lot of value to anyone, right? Now, that's one point. The other thing is, as a fan or an avid follower of football, you understand that the things Mo is doing right now is surreal. Like, it is literally surreal. The passes he puts through, the goals he scores, they're all surreal. Like, they're not, they're not humanly... I'm I, I'm someone who plays football regularly, and I'm I'm telling you, it's not something that's regularly possible. Yeah. They're not things that you do on a regular basis. So for for Klopp to say he's amazing is really putting the point at he is what he is. You cannot def, you cannot define him as anything but what he is. At the end of the day, and also added to the fact that he is a player that you know motivates. The entire team. You, you see his post, like, you know, he's not one to shy away. He's clearly come out and said, We are in for the title shot. We want to win it. We want like normally players would take it one step at a time. And I guess this is why I can understand why he was friends with Dayan Lovren. They have so many similarities in what they say, in the sense that, you know, they're quite open about it. But yeah, I want to get your thoughts on this as well, Zubin. Like Mo Salah being the player that he is today. How much more tricky has that been becoming for FSG? Because, and it's not that he, Mo Salah is happy to where he was a year ago. You know, you see, even this year, he's like, he has to prove himself again and again and again. And he's doing it. He's scoring here. I, another player, uh, okay, uh, say for example, I, I won't say, I was going to say Aiden Hazard, but let's not get down to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm saying another player would have been happy saying, okay, I scored this much last year, pay me 300 odd thousand. And I, and unless I'll you do the same and, thing again, yeah, yeah, you give me that only then I'll do the same, or like, or my motivation is gone, or you see, like that with Harry Kane, he wanted that transfer, or he wanted movement, didn't like it's not so for him to continue doing that and like and be at that level. How much more pressure, like, is, is that going to add more pressure to FSG? Like, the more he performs, this, this is, I think, the first time he scored in eight consecutive games for Liverpool, so the yeah. more he performs the more pressure it is on FSG to like give him that damn contract. So, so you know, I was having this thought a, a little while back, Raddy, and 
you know mohammed sala seems to be having that entire uh, you know the belief of having he's a good kid from you know from a perspective that this is what i need to do and i'm proving to you that i'm worth it but i'm not going to kind of push it down your throat saying you know what i'm not going to ask you for the money you give me what i deserve and if you don't i'm going to keep quiet and keep doing what i'm good at and he's maintained that throughout his entire contractual period i'm actually very surprised that we did not think of giving him an entire contract extension probably an entire season ago even before yeah. uh, the summer where we kind of tied down what seven or eight players one after the other <laughs> yeah. because you know there was always a threat of a big team coming in and swooping in and the way uh, you know just kind of digressing a little bit what what i expect happening in the entire transfer windows over a period of time now is i think we're going to start seeing players kind of push clubs to get better wages and the way they do that is probably to see out their contractual period mm-hmm. so what will happen is the the amount of money that transfer window transfers would have to be paid transfer sums would have to be paid would probably be a little lower and then they would be like you know what i will see my contract through at club a and you don't have to pay 200 million to that club to get me in fact you give me 600k and i'll come at the end of my contract so you know that is something that i could see happening in the future as well to be honest that's what i thought will happen with genie at one point like and he would run his contract down and then he, we would just sign him back as a free agent um just given the fact that barcelona and uh, i at that point even psg weren't their psg came last minute but at that point barcelona were going through their own issues and they weren't even sure that they were able to register the players that they signed so i was like if that's the case i mean we could just sign him for free you know just pay him. but uh, yeah i i can understand that but anirudh if that were to happen if zubins point were to come true that would mean that fsg would probably have that much less to spend on new transfers and we all know how fans would react to that given that they they're already on fsg's backs to sign you know player after player after player so how do you i mean not player after player but i'm saying there was obviously i i know not i hope not many people thought we were going to sign mbappe there or whatever but you know to sign someone or the other so at least like a bit peep so how much it, of that is on it's very uh, it's very tough to call see because very honestly i'm very happy with them just signing konate this summer and extending all the contracts that they have mm-hmm. as an lfc fan getting the best getting the best center back getting the best right back for me for getting for getting the best captain that we could have is not debatable like it just comes down to that right at the end of the day as a fan i can't debate on uh getting van dijk getting uh, trent getting robo or getting hendo back into the squad like i wouldn't choose anyone over them and yeah. all their replacements are also with us like we have shimikas who's probably the next best who could be there maybe okay maybe debatable luke shaw could be there but shimikas is the guy i would want and we have him there so i wouldn't debate on why we should do anything else like i like i i don't think in my opinion there's anyone else that we need to really extend apart from more right now i love fomino i love i love mane i love all of them it's sort of that i don't love the team but i wouldn't want to extend anyone but more right now as of right now mo is my utmost priority as a fan Okay. And here's 
a sort of another hypothetical zubin and that is at the end of or towards nearing the end of most contract we seeing probably the end of klopp's era at liverpool as well now how much <laughs> i know i know <laughs> it hurts me to say that that's why i said a hypothetical even though it's probably true that he is uh, but how much is it about seeing whether you know mo is also performing at the level that he is because of the system that klopp has put out there and the trust that he's put out there and the fact that he's got players out there now how much is it also a little tentative from fsg to say like you know if klopp were to leave then paying a 31 year old that much you know and if what if you know if suppose gerard comes in and what if he doesn't fit into that system it's, it's a lot of what ifs and i know that's why the whole hypothetical here but is that a sort of aspect to look at or factor that you think could be playing on fsg's mind that you know klopp could leave and if some other person comes different system how does he adapt does he score well or do you think more is like no matter which system he plays he is bound to score I feel that right now, when you think of it from that perspective, what Mohamed Salah is achieving is new territory, even for for FSG, right? And even for us as fans, as you mentioned, we've had players who reached that level, but I don't think we've had any player who's been that consistent from for five for four years throughout. So it is like no man land, no man's land territory, even for FSG. Yes, uh, I do believe, and I do, I have tiny inkling that Klopp may actually sign an extension, because if you go to see. the the reason being we've gotten the entire spine that Klopp has put together tied down till 2026 2027 sala exception as of now so you know probably this could be a part of fsg strategy you know like hey klop you know what sign an extension you're going to have your same players playing throughout for another 2 to 3 years you know so you you kind of say give us a couple of years more and then you know changing a manager is 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 a complete different ballpark right it's a different different scene it's not as easy as getting a good player or a good player leaving you a manager coming in is the entire way a club is run changes you know completely yeah so yeah. keeping that in mind keeping that in mind uh, i do believe that uh, sala's contract is tricky i actually didn't have the similar thought whether it is tricky because you know sala and klopp are kind of figuring out whether they both want to sign extensions because yeah. if we are looking at 2023 and trying to sign a on you know an extension for sala whose contract is up in a couple of years klopp's contract is up in two and a half years from now or three and a half years from now so it's time for him to sign an extension as well so mm-hmm. i think there are a lot of other intangibles which are which are attached to sala's contract which is something that fsg needs to iron out as well this is not a simple contract where hey you've done well you've done brilliantly well here's a you know a kind of an increment on what we've been paying you just sign it and let's continue if this does not you know go down the way liverpool fans wanted to go down it's going to be a big change even for liverpool as you mentioned other than van dijk in terms of breaking the bank and already a player who was performing at a certain level you know even arguably if you look at it from that perspective i don't see liverpool having signed any world you know other than thiago being a world class player that we've signed he's not been able to play at the potential that we've expected him to reach uh yes injuries have kind of marred him but anyway coming back to what i was trying to say is fsg will always spend money on potentials and those potentials have been delivered by jurgen klopp so uh you know the entire thing around the entire situation of fsg what do we do with this world class player on our hands do we do we give him a contract and change the way we run 
or do we let it go and hopefully invest in another potential and make it another you know get a player up yeah. all the way up to the levels of Salah and Mane so there are a lot of intangibles as i was mentioning that go into signing this contract so that is one of the reasons it's taking much longer than we anticipate uh, i was as i mentioned i was speaking to a couple of other journalists and they do feel that uh, 385000 pounds is going to be the magic figure where uh, we can expect sala to sign something in the next uh, transfer window it's going to be utilized as a as a cushion for uh, liverpool fans when when we figure out that we're not going to be signing any more players to kind of strengthen the squad depth i but, i didn't think we were even anyway going to sign any players this <laughs> january transfer window so i mean yeah signing more would have, would definitely be like a big enough headline that people I, i'm sure people won't forget the people will still remember that we haven't signed anyone and they and they will definitely use this as an excuse to you know bash F, fsg but like you mentioned i think the complexities regarding this how, this particular contract and i love how complex this is because you know this is not as simple as you want every year you're going to get a 25% hike this is you know this is kind of like almost i wouldn't say yeah it's i wouldn't say it make or break but it could really define like you mentioned how we go about doing business and could you know potentially kind of also show us what fsg is about in the sense that how serious they are and and what like also i know you mentioned it and i also had the similar thoughts like fsg has always been known for like it's almost like an a leipzig model where you get unknown players and then you transfer them into you know world class or really good players and then sell them for a potentially high fee so it that's been their model so to see this it's going to be intriguing because if they do this they are acknowledging the fact that you know we've got a world class player and yeah he is going to be staying here because most allah is not going to go anywhere unless we say no like in the sense that if LF, lfc have to say no for most allah to go he's not going to say that i'm want to go to real madrid i want to go to barcelona that might have been the case a couple of years ago but when we after we won the champions league after we won the premier league we've shown him that you know we've got ambitions he's shown us that he's got the same ambitions and even yesterday after he scored against watford him you know touching the badge and like you know he's it's all of those yeah. small i mean i know torres has done that as well but it, this seems a lot more uh, i also get why torres left but it felt like this is all down to us uh, or us as a club rather than him as a player this whole contract situation so yeah it's going to be i i wouldn't blame fsg if they were to do that business only in the winter transfer window even in the summer transfer window like anirudh mentioned i wasn't that unhappy with it sure i would have loved players man like who doesn't love new players coming in the signing videos and all of that some sort of excitement while you see jaden sancho and ronaldo and all be signed by other people even if even if it isn't players that you necessarily think are going to create like when ronaldo signed it's not like i was like oh shit we're in trouble i was like they signed someone that's the feeling i kind of miss because I I don't know you guys I'm sure would remember after we lost that Madrid uh final again in at Kiev we just went on a proper transfer spree like you know Fabinho a couple of days later you know that summer was like one of my all time favorites because like every other day you'd have Romana saying okay Liverpool are going to get this one and then Alisson happened and then Keita happened and then you know just it was crazy so it, it's yeah go on yeah <laughs> mentioning that one one important thing that you mentioned especially talking about united and the kind of signings that united have made they've gone and signed ronaldo 
they've gone and signed uh, Jaden Sancho, they've gone and signed Rafael Varane. Yeah. If you look at look at these three signings individually, you're talking about Ronaldo, who's probably one of the biggest personalities in the sport. Then you're talking about Jaden Sancho, who is on this brink of breaking into uh, becoming one of the best wingers in the world, or at least that is what people believe him to be. Yeah. And then there is a serial winner who would quietly get up in the morning and do his business in Rafael Varane. But when you look at look at United's transfer strategy, even the windows before that, whatever they have spent, you look at Ibrahimovic when they got him in, another towering personality of the sport. You know? Yeah. From those perspectives, what FSG goes and does in the window is buy system players and system players who only fit not, but also from an ego perspective if, for the lack of a better word I'm going to use the word ego you look at Liverpool right now and the top dog in the dressing room is Jurgen Klopp yeah. you look at, look at look at Chelsea look at Manchester City look at Manchester United who's the top dog there who calls the shots there I've already seen Ronaldo trying to tell OGS to sit on the sidelines while he manages the team you know uh, I've seen that happen. When you probably at- probably City still, I would say Guardiola maybe has got. I think they're probably the closest to us in terms of they've not got the biggest of egos out there. It's again system, but they have their own issues, other issues as well. But yeah, go. Ahead. So why why I chose Manchester City specifically out of all the teams that I didn't mention as well is again for a lack of a better word, bunch of crybabies, right? Sterling doesn't get to play. He's come out and said, I want to leave. Already he's done that in the middle of this season. Bernardo Silva didn't get to play. He came out and said, I want to leave. You know, Kevin yeah. De Bruyne, we know what his potential is when he's, you know, fit. When he's unfit, I'm sure the other players are like, why is he getting paid so much? He is half the number of games I play. You know, when Aguero was there, we saw what happened to him when he, before yeah. he was asked to leave. So, you know, there are always these little issues when it comes to people management, which I think Jurgen Klopp has aced. He aced it at Dortmund, he aced it before that at Mainz, and now he's acing it at Liverpool. Yeah. So, you know, if that and that I think is one of the biggest stumbling blocks in why Salah's contract is taking that long. If Salah wants to sign a five-year deal right now, which is going to be his last big deal of his career, and he wants to play at Liverpool, and two years down the line, there is a managerial change at Liverpool. Where does that leave Salah? Yeah. We have seen it multiple times. A manager walks into a new dressing room and he wants to put his foot down and he throws out the best player in the team. We've seen that happen at Barcelona recently. We've seen Zidane do that. We've seen a, a bunch of managers who come and try to unsettle the dressing room and they you know, try to say, that, hey, I'm the boss and I'm here now. So Salah, out of here. He could be wary of that happening as well. So, you know, it is not just about money. If there is a lot more that's happening in the background as to why Salah hasn't signed a contract yet. Which I think awesome. would be added. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Hopefully. Hopefully that all happens. Uh, but, Anirudh, the fact that... And this is probably the last question for this particular episode. So, the fact that Jurgen Klopp nor Salah have really pushed this agenda that much. In the sense that, you know, Jurgen Klopp's not panicked about this. I think he had the same thing. I'm not sure who it was, but was it Van Dyke or something? No, uh, I'm not sure who it was, but so they had asked him about some other player's contract and he said, listen, I'm not panicking about it. Why are you doing the same? I'm not sure who it was. And if it happens, it happens. And it happened a few days later, whatever it was. So 
the same case here right like jurgen klopp doesn't seem to be too panicked about this contract negotiation he is enjoying life because his player is delivering whatever he asks of him week in week out and salah's not getting his agent to talk crap or you know he doesn't have a mino raiola you know whispering to the press's ears saying that you know we've got yeah go his his agent did try it about did? 4 months okay. ago he did come out with a couple of tweets you know which were right. very cryptic yeah 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 and i think that ended up dying out because sala kept quiet and you know did not kind of fuel that fire a little bit exactly and i mean also yeah that's true so he didn't come out and he's not openly said that you know i want to leave the club or he you know we talk about paul pogba and whenever royola makes a comment pogba has got all the right or he's got all the opportunities to not say anything or to shut it down yet we've seen him kind of cryptically send out messages dye his hair do whatever he does best but here we have a player who just keeps performing on the field and lets the performances talk and you know like i was talking to zubin earlier and we discussed it saying that as long as he performs there's more pressure on fsg because the fans would definitely want to see more of that right why would jurgen klopp or the fans not want to see more of that so all of that being said yeah just how how much of a difference does that make see the fact as as you said already right like the fact that you have so many fans that are backing your investment from an fsg perspective right when you know the fans want it you know the player wants it and you know you're in in a maybe in a in a predictable manner you are going to be in a plus signing him is the the only probable probable positive way out you could sell him but even selling him is not really going to get you i think as much money salah could get you a premier league this year and a champions league this year probably a champions league next year you don't know what he can do do for you as a team like it just comes down to that and what he's ready to commit at the end of the day is not is not just time he's ready to put his body on the line like he's not he's not saying oh no i won't put in a slight tackle or i won't put in a this sort of tackle he's ready to put his body on the line at the end of the day so uh for me it's a uh, no bargain whether it was fsg or anyone else for that matter you have to be signing salah to stay on with your club till he retires awesome and i guess the okay this was probably the, it's not a question per se but it's more of a prediction so anirudh do do you when do you see it happen or do you not see it happen after all of that imagine you saying oh i don't see that happening <laughs> like you started with this like they have to sign it like at the end oh, no it's not happening you no know, i very much see it happen uh, i think they'll close at maybe 85 90 million at max they'll close the deal down maybe 100 at tops but they'll close the deal down for sure there's no chance salah is moving to barcelona or real madrid right now because i think i rank liverpool higher then both those teams at this point of time in terms of gameplay and what they're doing so yeah that's i mean if he were to sign for barcelona he'd probably have to wait until they register him something like that yeah uh zuben uh, i mean you've yeah. said that it happens january transfer you're fairly confident yeah so i'm fairly confident that it's going to happen so when i when I, and i do believe it's going to be happening in the window that comes as a question to the fact that they may not sign anyone else or if 
you know, I had also read uh, a so-called tabloid online, which happily mentioned that, hey, you know what? It's already done. They're just waiting for Liverpool to lose again. So, you know, the moment uh, there's a little bit of a, you know, the undefeated, uh, you know, aura reduces and everyone's like, oh my God, we, we finally lost the game. And, you know, we as Liverpool fans kind of tend to let our emotions get the better of us. Yeah. They're yes. going to be like, hey, you what? United are sucking right now, but they beat us. But hey, you know what? Sarah signed a contract, so everything's okay. So, you know, we're waiting for a, either a banana skin game or probably the window. One of these two. And uh, we've always seen the way FSG have held all their transfer work very close to their chest. Yeah. When we look at the signing of Thiago, Jota, Fabinho, there was absolutely nothing in the media about it. And within 24 to 48 hours, these two players, three players are not even signed. They were revealed and a part of the team already. So, I think that is what they, uh, that is going to be happening with Salah's contract as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I would lean more to the window than uh, an off game. Yeah, it, it I, I don't see that happening. I mean, It'd be pretty weird. I don't think I've ever seen them do something like that before. I could be mistaken. But yeah, I I, I sincerely hope it is for a window. It just feels more natural than it does. It's like, hey, we lost a 2-1 or something, but no problem. Salah signed a contract. So no, we don't want that right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah. All right. So I guess that's all the time we have for this particular Mo Salah exclusive podcast episode. We've spoken, I think, about Nar about this brilliant little Egyptian, and like, I mean, the, like we all said, like we all said and mentioned throughout this entire episode. Let's hope it happens, and let's hope it happens fast. So, thank you, Anirudh, and thank you, Zubin, for being a part of this podcast. A pleasure having you on here, and I can't wait to host you in the near future. Thank you so much, man. Pleasure is all mine. You take awesome. care. Yeah, thanks. And I guess that's about it. For episode number four, part three of oh, sorry, episode number four of season three of the FFS series. Uh, even I get confused at times. We are, but that's about it. I'll catch you all next week. But un- until then, yeah, like I mentioned, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, do go check out our previous episodes. You can do that on any other podcast platform. You can also check us check out the video version, but that's only for members. Uh, but you can check out our patron page as well. We've got different membership tiers and all of that. So you can definitely, definitely something that probably look at it also. I mean, I know, yeah, that that's probably the benefit. There are a lot of benefits for you, but it also helps the channel grow, become much more sustainable, get better equipment, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, everything that helps for the podcast, I'm not going to use it for my own purposes to go fly out somewhere and have a nice vacation. So yeah, that, that's guaranteed. So thank you for joining us once again. I'm your host, Praddy, once again. You stay safe and see you.